Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Um, today we're again joined um, by Alan Green. Thank you very much for joining us again, Alan. Pleasure to be back, Jonathan. Fantastic. So uh, myself and I, we're going to discuss a few stocks, but just want to give a bit of an update on the podcast. We're going to be having... A number of podcasts we're going to be releasing in the next week, which are very much focused on renewable energy uh, listed companies and investments, and um, particularly in the biomass um, sector. So it's going to be some interesting podcasts coming up there. Good. So Good. do stay tuned for those. But myself and Alan, um, we're going to be discussing something probably a little bit more pressing um, at the moment, and that's coronavirus, Alan. Yeah. So, just checking the FTSE, um, at the time this recorded, we're down about 2.5% on the day, um, down at about 68.50, just beneath 68.50. Um, so, we spoke about this last week, mm. Alan, and the FTSE's declined further. However, although there's been a increase in the amount of um, cases that have been reported, there's been a slight shift in in the sort of structure of, of where they're coming from and, and the pace of them? Well, there is, Jonathan, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, last, uh, of course, the, the number of cases reported in, in China is well documented. And I saw an interesting map of cases dotted around the world last week. And earlier this week, we, uh, I suppose, history in coronavirus is brief, but... Um, uh, illustrious, if it can be called that history, um, was documented in that there were more cases recorded outside of China than in China. So, um, are the Chi- are the Chinese uh, has the Chinese government got it under control yet? That's hard to say. I mean, you, we're seeing conflicting evidence. I've seen a lot of anecdotal data that suggests that uh, that um, there's all sorts. There's a, a lot of um, effort in, being put in by uh, regional governments uh, and and governments, the, the Chinese government to deal with it, uh, to the point where they're taking portable uh, incinerators uh, along to hospitals and uh, putting them outside, which is uh, unthinkable. But um, and it's almost uh, on a par with the Holocaust. But but clearly, you know, they've got to eradicate this, and they're working to do that. Uh, the cases outside China have also been. We had a case in the UK today where people came back from Italy, the region which has been affected in Italy. So it's really how well our governments can deal with it. Um, and the World Health Organization have made it very clear they're not at the stage, it's not yet at the stage where they would call it a pandemic. And clearly, if that happens, then we'll see airports closed, we'll see countries shut down, we'll see lockdowns, and of course that will have a huge economic impact. It's already having a severe economic impact, as we can see, both on stocks, um, uh, you know, uh, on on airlines, on oil stocks, on energy stocks, uh, simply because they're not able to sell, or the the forecast they have for this quarter will be severely affected. They're going to be destroyed, aren't they? I think some of them. I mean, yeah. even the likes of you know, Mastercard's been one of the uh, most high-profile companies to say yeah. that they're going to be missing estimates by some mile. But do yeah. you think? This, you know, we could be calling this a black swan event. And typically mm. in black swan events, we do see knee-jerk reactions. We see overreactions in most cases. Would you be looking at this set up as a buying opportunity at this point in time? Well, yeah, I've, I've been talking to some colleagues today and some, a lot of people have 
uh, if a colleague of mine was in cash before Christmas, staying in cash, and he's now looking at this and he's averaging in. So he's he's going to the same funds and stocks, fully aware they could fall further, but he's averaging in. And that's, it's probably a, a good point to do it. I, I, I know I was speaking to a colleague earlier in the week and uh, he said this feels as though it's got longer to run. It feels big. Um, but um, I think at some point... Uh, as Warren Buffett always used to say, buy, buy when there's blood on the streets. I mean, it's a, it's a fairly, fairly horrible analogy uh, no, yes, uh, said against yes. the context of where we are with coronavirus, <laughs> right. but that is pretty well where we're at. So, um, yeah, I, I think if we, um, the ramifications of coronavirus, uh, I, the next few weeks are going to be critical. I think we have to see it's under control. And then I think, you know, if there are signs of that, then I think you will see a big bounce back and clearly quarter one, quarter two, and these will be effective. But um, beyond that, you know, we could have a very strong end to the year. Yes. If it's brought under control. And that that is the big if. That's it. So we've, we've started to see a slow the number of new cases. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's very much going to be eyes on the data, I yeah. think, uh, yeah. in the next week or so. But you do have a couple of companies that you're looking at. Yes. Well, 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 one is a pharma company and uh, it does have a connection to coronavirus. Um and it's been the progress of this company has been quite well documented across our channels and others in the past few weeks. The company's called Open Orphan. O R P H is the epic code. Now, um, Open Orphan, very brief history. It was an RTO with Ben Life Sciences last summer, and the the, the then CEO, who's now exec chairman Cuddle Friel, said that they would be making a further acquisition and developing the business before the end of the year. Um, and they did. They bought H Vivo. And H. Viva, one of the founders there, is Professor John Oxford. And John Oxford is now a consultant to the enlarged Open Orphan Group. Um, I should say this uh, juncture that the company's got a market cap of 30 million, 31 okay. million, trading at uh, at uh, 5.9 pence, just just under 6p. Uh, the company's also just raised 5 million. Cattle Friel has invested uh, a lot of his own money into this. So he put 300,000 into the most recent raise and 2 million last summer. Yes. So, you know, he's a guy with skin in the game too, which is always good to see. That is a good sign. Yeah. So Professor John Oxford has been consulting for the BBC. I was just working away the other day at home and happened to hear Jeremy Vine and there he was chatting away to Jeremy Vine so he's all over the place at the moment and um, discussing he's dealt with flu in the past AIDS um, SARS virus um, so they you know he's been working at the forefront of human virology and he's got a book published on it but um, what's interesting about HVivo uh, now owned by Open Orphan is that they have the largest quarantine centre in Northern Europe which is a Queen Mary's hospital they've got uh, a quarantine centre there and um, there's, I, I would imagine that if the cases in the UK increase, that could well be used uh, to treat the cases. Regardless, they, like others, are working towards uh, uh, Professor John Oxford and his team are, are, are looking at how they can how they can sort of best assist the other farm companies in developing a, a cure for this. So um, uh, the the company, as I say, is trading thirty million. Um, Cattlefield's got big. Uh, expectations and he's very ambitious for the uh, company over over 2020 so uh, it could be a nice defensive play in current markets because mm. really the share price hasn't moved much during which they've raised money the, the business has developed and so on yes okay so that's interesting so just a few questions about the the quarantine center i mean yep. is that something that they would would take revenue from or is it something that they would use to develop um, possibly sort of further 
um, sort of medicines from. Both. Okay. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. I, I mean, they'll clear if they're treating p patients there, then it's a, it's a specialist quarantine centre and uh, it has all the required boxes that the government need to tick when they're looking at the quarantine centre. So it may not just be cases in the UK, it may be cases from other countries too. You know, mm -hmm. clearly if it's, uh, if it reaches serious levels and there are beds needed, uh, then then uh, I, I, I would imagine the whole facility will be used. So. So yeah, from that from that standpoint, it earns money there, and of course, it's, it uh, it works and develops on on uh, cures to the uh, the drugs that they they face at, at any one time. Okay, okay, fantastic. So there was another company that we uh, that we're going to touch on, um, very off topic. Um, we'll be speaking about mm. coronavirus. This is looking at uh, one of the UK challenger banks in Metro yep. Bank. Indeed. Well, we discussed banks last week, and ironically, uh, we concluded at the end that uh, the banks, well, in my view, banks probably aren't the, don't offer the investment opportunity they did back mm. in the in the, in the early noughties. However, Metro Bank um, are going against the grain, and of course, uh, the slightly crazy uh, uh, Vernon Hill uh, with his Yorkshire Terrier uh, was at the forefront of, of uh, bringing the bank into the UK last year. And um, the share price of Metro Bank, of course, was up at f over forty pounds. I think um, it's uh, had a huge drop. About a year tremendous, ago, it tremendous, tremendous plummeted. sell off. Absolutely plummeted. It's now down at one pound seventy, one pound, what one pound eighty. Um, the reason being that uh, they they uh, there was an accounting scandal last year which hit investor confidence, custom customer uh, comfort, customer confidence, and they had to raise extra money. They had, they had, they had to raise a bond with uh, which has got a hefty coupon, which is going to hit profits going mm. forward. That said, they've invested in a number of branches, and I, ironically, with uh, uh, Nervous Communications, our company, we have an account with MetroBank, and um, the MetroBanks I go into are always busy, lots of stuff going mm -hmm. on, and they, for customer service, for uh, um, the, the financial products they offer, they, they have won a lot of awards. So I think the core model, that there is something for that, because of course we've seen Lloyds, Barclays, the big four, Shut up shop and you know close down local branches and just centralise everything, whereas Metro Bank are going the other way and I think they're they're winning customers off the back of that. Um, they've also attracted some interesting people. Sir Michael Schneider Schneider has come in as chairman. Uh, late last year they bought in a lady called Sally Cook from Barclays. Um, she's uh, she was formerly chief internal auditor at Barclays, so she's been bought in very much to kick the, the bank into shape financially. Not that a bank shouldn't be kicking into shape mm -hmm. financially, they should know what they're doing, but uh, nonetheless, Sally's now there. And of course, uh, uh, Dan Frumkin um, was bought in to replace Craig Donaldson as CEO um, and Vernon Hill. Uh, Vernon Hill. Um, they announced a pre-tax loss of 130 million last year from a profit of 40 million previously, hit by the write-downs from the from the accounting error, and also 27 million from misreporting risky loans. But Frumkin said that it's going to maintain tight cost control by revising growth plans, and would also consider tactical asset disposals. Uh, so yeah, very speculative buy. But I think if you look at the sh the share price performance where it's come to, um, it's uh, one would hope that we're probably seeing the bottom of that fallout now. And indeed, um, 
a number of brokers have sort of issued buy notes for the year for, for Metro Bank. 2090 was the most recent one I, I, I noticed uh, early today. Uh, and also, um, there was a, a, a note from Align Research, which had a share price value of somewhere between three and five pounds uh, based on based on what had happened at the bank. So, so the good thing is these results, they, they weren't a shock. People knew what the numbers were going to be. So they've actually, they're actually sort of trading where people expect them to be right now. And if there are no further, one would hope with a new team in place, there will be no further nasty surprises to come out. So it could be a good recovery play. Do you think there is the opportunity possibly for a um, corporate action in terms of maybe a takeover? Do you think some of the bigger banks are eyeing up Metro Bank? Because we've seen TSB being taken over yeah, by, yeah. Uh, by a Spanish bank. Um, we've seen the Virgin and Clydesdale tie up. Um, do you think with Metro Bank down here, do you think some of their larger um, competitors could be eyeing them up and looking at their model and thinking, well, that could actually be uh, a solid acquisition in the more utility banking um, area, which a lot of the bigger banks are now focusing on? Uh, we, we saw a raft of those rumours last year, Jonathan. Absolutely right. In fact, there was, uh, I'll quote this, there was um, uh, over the weekend a thick-wristed gentleman drinking Merlot was heard to say. I mean, it's uh, these rumours are pretty scurrilous, but uh, it had a massive impact on the Metro share price. I think it drove it up from where it was then £2 up to £2.90. Mm. Um, and nothing came of it. That doesn't mean to say the conversations still aren't taking place behind the scenes. In fact, uh, Antonio Horseria from Lloyd's was uh, also rumoured to be giving the, the bank the once over to. So, yeah, I, I, think if, um, I think if the bank is showing signs of recovery and its next trading statements are good, I think uh, someone like you know a bank like Lloyd's could snap up Metro Bank without sort of even even pausing for breath. You know, it's uh, uh, given given the the relative market caps. But uh, whether strategically is a fit for them at this stage, who knows? But what they are doing is they're proving that high street banking is very much alive and well. Fantastic. So um, that was the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Alan, thank you very much for joining us Pleasure again. Jordan. Thank you. And um, we'll be catching up again probably next week. And I think we'll probably kick things off with them with touching what's happening with coronavirus. But we'll also be discussing, again, a number of interesting shares. Thank you. Thank you very much.